So we went to California this week for the national championship, and um, we had a fun trip until the uh, end of the first quarter of the football game. Um, if you watch, then you know that Georgia didn't just beat us, they beat us senseless. And um, I got to watch history be made at SoFi Stadium. Not the right kind of history, but, uh, but, but you know, we lost 65 to seven, which is not the, only the largest margin, there's some pictures for you, point margin in the history of the national championship, but in any bowl game that has ever taken place. Um, so, my team chose a really uh, bad night to, to, to not show up, but we had a great season and um, we made it to the championship and then we got our tails kicked. But um, I mean, here's what I want to say, I, Georgia fans, have you no Christian compassion? Um, do you not know when to call off the dogs? Uh, of course you don't know when to call them off, but it's okay, it builds character. I'm just tired of building character. But there's a lesson about resilience in there, and I don't know what it is, but when I figure it out, I'm gonna tell you about it. Um, in you know, Clayton and Wade's basketball league, if a team goes up 20 points, they quit adding points to the board, I think the NCAA should look into that. That's all I'm gonna say. We're in this new sermon series uh, called Starting Over, Back to the Basics of Faith. And so last week we, we, we talked about uh, our core beliefs and our foundations and what's most important to us. And, and uh, today uh, I, I wanna shift to a different question and I wanna ask you this. Are there any rules or guardrails that you have in your life that you tend to follow? Are, are there rules in your family uh, that you set up so that your family will function in a, in a particular way, in a healthy way? Are, are there certain expectations that you have for your kids about how they're gonna behave and what they can and can't do? In our civil culture, we have laws so that we can have a civil society. These laws are there to protect us and to maintain order. And if you break the laws and you get caught, then you suffer the consequences. You go to jail, you pay a fine, you, you have some other kind of penalty. When our nation was established, we actually declared that all are created equal. 1776, Declaration of Independence. The problem was we didn't really live by that for many years. And so there was a guy named Martin Luther King Jr. who we're gonna honor tomorrow. Um, and he led a movement in this country to ensure that all people were actually created, treated equally regardless of the color of their skin. And I see, I see the Bone family, they have a massive breakfast that I'm coming to tomorrow, by the way, because I'm gonna be here. Uh, they have a breakfast every, every year uh, to honor Dr. King. And then we have members of our church that go down to, to Jefferson Street and actually participate in the walk, the march, just to show solidarity that we believe that all people should be created equally, regardless of the color of their skin. It, it, seems, it seems straightforward, right? But we didn't act that way as a country for a, for a long time. And then Dr. King lost his life in Memphis, 1968, because of what he believed in, what he was saying. As Christians, there, there are certainly some rules or commandments that Jesus gives us that we're called to follow if we're to be his disciples. And so the, some of the main ones were in the scripture this morning. He says, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, he also says, here's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Can you imagine what the world would look like if people actually lived by that, didn't just talk about it? Treat other people the way you wanna be treated, talk to them the way you wanna be talked to. Um, life would be different, right? He talks about forgiveness, he talks about judgment, he talks about money, uh, he tells us not to worry and yet we still worry all the time. But, but, but we're supposed to adhere to these rules if we wanna follow Jesus. And then if we go back in scripture to the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, and we follow the story of the Israelite people, we find another set of rules 
that should be central to our lives. And we call these rules the Ten Commandments or the, the Decalogue. And so you remember the story. Moses has led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. They've crossed the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness, going towards the promised land. They reach Mount Sinai. And Moses uh, goes up to receive the Ten Commandments. And, and God speaks to him and says this. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And here they are. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness and you shall not covet. So again, four that have to do with our relationship with God and six that have to do with our relationship to each other. And so the 10 commandments were a gift of, of God to Israel telling us what it looks like to live in a covenantal relationship. And I'm gonna talk, talk about the first four and I'll get to the, the six next week. Um, Stanley Harawas, somebody that I did some doctoral work with and Will Willeman, they taught at Duke, Will's still there, Stanley's retired. They wrote this book called The Truth About God. And, and, they, and they say this in the book, they say the commandments are not guidelines for humanity in general. They are a counter-cultural way of life for those who know who they are and whose they are. Their function is not to keep American culture running smoothly, but rather to produce a people who are in our daily lives, a sign, a signal, a witness that God has not left us to our own devices. You know, we have the 10 commandments because we've been delivered and redeemed by God. So, so we can't study the 10 commandments without thinking about that opening statement in Exodus. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Yahweh is a liberating God, but in a covenantal relationship, Yahweh expects something from us. We, we have to act a certain way. And so here's what happens. Moses leaves Aaron in charge. He goes up Mount Sinai to get the commandments, right? And, he, and what are the first two? <laughs> no other gods before me, uh, and, and, and you shall not make for yourself an idol. What's going on back down with Aaron? The, the people get restless. They, they collect all their jewelry and say, make us a God so we can worship. And, and Aaron gives in, he makes them a golden calf and they worship it. And so God tells Moses, you better get back downstairs because the people that you left, they're really, they're, they're not doing good things. And your brother Aaron that you left in charge, he's given in to them. What irony, right? No other gods before me and they're making a golden calf. So you might say to yourself, well, um, we don't worship golden calves, right? Um, that, 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 we don't do that. But what I'd like to, to, to offer you today is we don't worship golden calves, but we got some of our own idols that we like. Let me name some of them this morning. Um, self, there are many people who worship themselves. Um, they think that life revolves around them. They're only concerned with their brand, what they want. The concept of putting others first is very foreign to them. If you read Jonathan Haidt's article in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago about what social media has done to our young people, especially our girls, it's terrifying, absolutely terrifying. What about money? I said last week, Frederick Nietzsche said, yeah, one day in Western culture, they're gonna replace God with money. And for many people, that's true. Um, we live in a world where it's all about money. That motivates people. Uh, people say, well, my net worth is tied to my self-worth or my self-worth is tied to my net worth. Not true. There are very few things in life that motivate people like money but in the Sermon on the Mount, what does Jesus say? You can't serve both God and wealth. He didn't say you can't be wealthy. 
He just said you can't serve both God and wealth. One master. Another idol, social status. We want to know the right people, be in the right place, go to the right parties, send our kids to the right schools, have the right connections. And so what happens is people treat people differently based on what they can do for them. You ever had a friend who once you couldn't do something for them, you, they were like nowhere to be seen? Um, that happens because a lot of times we make friends with people who could just do something for us. Idol four, appearance, our physical appearance. Um, look, I have nothing against... Uh, people putting filler in their lips, but we were in uh, Scottsdale and I swear this woman had a beak. And I said, Megan, look at her. I mean, it's just unbelievable. We spend so much time and energy and money on trying to be young and trying to you know, show, keep from showing our age and, and, and it becomes a problem when it dominates our time and our budget. What about politics? Don't you think politics can become a problem where we, we can't actually listen to somebody on the other side? I, Got to be chaplain of the day on a Thursday. We got some state reps in our church. And so they get a minister, you know, to come and pray. And, and this is what I told the General Assembly. I said, you guys can work together unless one thing happens. If you build contempt for each other, you can't work together. You can disagree, you can deliberate, you can argue, you can vote. But if you have contempt for each other, you can't work together. And I actually don't think it's a huge problem in our state. I think it's a much bigger problem in our nation. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in the state. I'm just saying in our nation, contempt has become a big problem. What's another idol? Work, success. We, we justify um, what we do because we're like, I'm doing it for my family. I want to provide for them. And yet we miss out on games and we miss out on performances and we're not home in time for dinner because we're working so hard to provide for our family. But work can also become a God. All I'm trying to say is that we don't have golden calves, but we got this list. And this list... Is, is something that I think we can resonate with because these things, they're fine when viewed in moderation, but when they dominate our mind, it becomes a problem. Guardrail or rule number three, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Now, most people, when they hear this commandment, they, they think of one thing. You shall not swear and use the Lord's name, saying GD or Jesus Christ. That's what comes to mind, right? Um, there's a story, somebody told me one time about a guy that was a kind of a heathen, and he had a bunch of heathen buddies, he played golf with them, and he, he went to church and he kind of got saved and he, he said, I'm gonna make some changes here. And so he quit, he cleaned up his language, right? So whenever he'd go back and he'd hang out with his old buddies, if one of them would yell out, you know, Jesus Christ, he would pipe in and go, loves you? <laughs> he would use it as an opportunity, you know? Every time they'd say, he loves you, remember that? And, and, and so it's just funny to me that sometimes when, when we get mad or upset, the first choice of words is the deity, right? I don't really get that. Um, but but, but that, the, this commandment's talking about that and some other things. What's the most important organ uh, in your body? What would you say? The organ that has the ability to do great things and terrible things, has the ability to build up and to tear down, to make friends and to tear apart friendships, to love and to hate. It's our tongue. The words that we say have power. Power for good, power for evil. Power to help other people, power to tear them down. Power to find solutions and power to just be negative and to criticize all the time. Um, Ephesians 4 says, let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up so that your words may give grace to those who hear. We need to be very careful, uh, friends, what we say and how we say it, which also includes what we post and what we send on email and text message. And when we get angry and all of us get angry at times, a lot of times it's better to just not say anything, 
or don't post anything because then you can't take it back. Just, just chill for a while and don't say anything. Um, Porter Metters, a member of this church, he used to say when he was board chair here, he goes, he goes I love that phrase that says, I, I'd rather you know, keep my mouth shut and have people think that I'm a fool than open it and remove all doubt, right? Have you ever heard that before? Um, I think that's a pretty good quote. Guardrail number four, and this is the last one that I'm gonna talk about this morning. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you'll, you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. You know, it really makes me sad, it really does, uh, that this commandment is ignored by so many people. I grieve the fact that Sunday is just another day to get work done, to stay busy, to, to have a baseball tournament, to check things off the list. It should be a day to worship, a day to rest, a day to be with your family, a day to reset and recharge as you go to start another week. Um, I work on Sunday mornings. I mean, this is, this is work. It's also a Sunday, but I work. So if you come to my house in the middle of Sunday afternoon, I'm gonna be taking a nap. Uh, we have a guy that comes to this church when he's in town. His name is Jim Nance. Uh, you know him, he's a sportscaster. And I usually fall asleep to his voice Sunday afternoon, football or golf, right? Um, very soothing. But we have to find a time to recharge, to renew. Um, to be with the people that we love, to not feel like we gotta just go get more things done. Yeah, you get ready for the week. Yes, you got stuff to do to get your, your kids ready for their week, but, but, but let's not ignore this fourth commandment. Um, Jay and I have been talking on Wednesday nights about this book by Pete Scazzaro uh, that's called Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. I'm recommending it, time to go with this series. And one of the basic points that Pete Scazzaro makes in the book is that it is really different, and the staff have been talking about this too. It's different being with God versus doing for God. A lot of us, especially in ministry, Andrea and me and Donna, we're really good at doing for God. Like we stay busy. <clears throat> That's not the same thing as being with God, being with God in worship, listening to the music, praying, reflecting. Um, that's not the same thing as, as, as doing for God. And so sometimes in all of our busyness, even religious busyness, we're not connecting with God. We're not, we're not offering ourselves to God and surrendering. And so all that to say is these four have to do with our relationship with God. And next week, I'm gonna talk about the, the next six that have to do with our relationship to each other. But these are guardrails. These are things that have put into place, not just because God wants us to have rules or because we would be legalistic, but because God loves us. And when we don't follow these things, we do that to our own detriment and to our own spiritual health. Join me in prayer. Loving God, thank you for this church where we can gather uh, on Sundays to reset and recharge. Thank you for the legacy of uh, Martin Luther King, for what he represented and uh, for all the people that work to make sure that all folks are treated equal, no matter the color of their skin, but they're viewed for the content of their character. Um, help us to, to reflect upon these 10 commandments. Let them resonate deep within our soul uh, so that we can know that these are a gift from you, not because you just wanna give us rules, but because you love us and because this is how we live in a covenant with you. Amen.